Many, many podcasters, whether they are in it for a business that exists as a business in and of itself, or for the love of the game and the passion that can come with podcasting, consider advertising at one point or another. It seems some days like every podcast is advertising, and that's certainly not true yet, but many are, and many are making sure that even if they're not advertising now, they're going to be well set up to do it in the future. Today, my guest on the Business Podcast Blueprint Show is an expert in all things podcast advertising. Heather Osgood is the founder of True Native Media, and she is joining me today to talk about the advertising environment generally in podcasting, some of the technical uh, ways that it works within shows, and how to really elegantly structure an episode so that uh, podcast ads become a really good experience for you as the creator, the sponsor or advertiser themselves, and of course, and most importantly, your listeners as well. This is a really fascinating conversation with some excellent insights. I cannot wait to share it with you. It's coming right up on the Business Podcast Blueprint Show. Heather, thank you so much for joining me on the Business Podcast Blueprint Show. Thank you for having me today. Oh, wonderful. So if you could uh, just start off by letting everyone know a little bit about uh, who you are, your expertise in the world of podcast advertising and uh, about about your company. Yeah, for sure. So I founded True Native Media about seven years ago now, actually just over seven years ago. And I created the company to help partner podcasts and advertisers. I had become a podcast listener. And the more I listened to podcasts, the more I was questioning where all of the ads were and realized um, doing some investigation that there really weren't that many ads on podcasts unless you were in like the top 1% of shows. And so I formed the company really to help create this connection between the content creator and the advertiser. And so I think of us as just being that matchmaker in between the two. I love that. And I think, you know, a, a lot of people listening and I know in the podcast world generally, everyone knows why podcasters want to have ads. Um, like you know, monetization, commercialization, sustainability—all really important goals for a lot of a lot of people creating this content. Um, what's the big appeal for the advertisers? Uh, why why are advertisers interested in in getting in on podcasts? I think you know one of the most important things about advertising. Period is that that company is looking to have a return of some sort. And in podcasting, I think we've all heard those. ZipRecruiter ads and BetterHelp ads. And those are the direct response type of advertisers. They're looking to see a specific return on their investments. And the reason that advertisers really have a tendency of gravitating toward podcasts and having a lot of success is uh, because of the engagement that happens with a podcast audience. And one of the things that I always like to really make sure that people understand is that you don't accidentally start listening to a podcast, right? Like we've all been on YouTube or on I social media. <laughs> I, I, I maybe a time or two, but in, in general, you really are intentionally listening to the show. You're there because you want the content. You're there because you like the host, you like the guest that's there. And so there's just a lot of intentionality behind that. And then the other thing that is really fascinating about podcasts is time spent listening. So the average podcast is really about 40 minutes long. The average listener listens to about 80% of the podcast. So you're thinking here, like we're talking about 30 minutes that someone is consuming this content. And if we take, you know, TV out of the mix, 
what other forms of content do we sit down and spend 30 minutes on just one piece? You know, when you're on YouTube, you're going through the videos quickly. When you're on social media, you're going through them even more quickly. And so with podcasts, people are there on purpose because they want to hear the content. And, and that creates this engagement which then allows this advertiser to really align themselves well with that content and reach the target market that they're looking to reach, which really has, has wide-reaching benefits, right? It helps them to establish a brand with the audience. It helps them to, you know, sell or, or provide a service that they're looking to provide. And really even just having the association between the show and the host and that brand can can go a long way. And that's why it really is a very effective place to advertise. I think that's really interesting. I like the way uh, you're talking about engagement because often, you know, we talk about that term and we're talking about, you know, how people are responding to us on social media or how often they're opening our emails. Because it's a really good point. If someone's spending 30 or 20 minutes actively listening to you, that that's engagement in and of itself. That's Thank you for that that insight. I really like that. Yeah, I mean, and you bring up a good point. I think when we look at engagement, we do think about it as being a two-way street. But the reality is, is that most people listen to podcasts with their earbuds in, right? Or um, in a very kind of solitary type place. Even when I listen to podcasts, if I'm at home doing a chore or something, I might have my kids and my husband and cats and all that around me, but I still have my earbuds in and I am personally connecting with that content, which means you have my attention. And and oftentimes podcast listeners are hard to reach in other places. And so you you can get a really dedicated audience. No, I, I think you're actually not even taking that into my own experience when I like my main podcast listening time is when I'm cooking dinner. Mm -hmm. And so I've got like my little roster of podcasts that I like to listen to. And like they're my dinner dates, functionally, mm -hmm. <laughs> because they're with me every week. Yes. I'm right there with you. <laughs> Awesome. And do you find there are any particular um, industries uh, that are the most interested in podcast advertising? Like, uh, for whom is this the most compelling? Uh, who are these advertisers? Well, when we look at advertisers, it's important to really uh, dive into the different segments and the different types of advertisers that you might want to have on a podcast. Um, I've already mentioned the direct response advertisers. And those are the types of companies that have kind of in mass entered the podcast advertising space and have been here for many years, have created a lot of success. And they typically are the type of advertisers who want to pay really low rates because ultimately they're looking to get a return on their investment. You know, they're looking at how many conversions did this specific podcast bring to my company. And so uh, there, there are a lot of them because they they say, hey, if I spend $1,000 and I can get $1,500 back, let's do this and we'll do it again all day, right? Um, and so that's a portion of the advertisers. But then I, I think it's also important for us to look at advertisers that are looking to target a very specific podcast audience type. And one of the things that's so nice about podcasting is that you can have all of these different segments, right? You can have podcasts that just speak to attorneys and and law. You can have podcasts that talk to, uh, you know, people in a healthcare profession or small business owners. And so when we talk about these very kind of niche segmented podcasts, there might be, you know, some great advertisers that are talking specifically to that segment. And those can be very loyal advertisers because 
They're not as interested in the quantity of people that they're reaching, and they're more interested in the quality of who they're they're going to be reaching. So there are a variety of different types of advertisers in this space. Um, that being said, in terms of the specific industries, I would say software works exceptionally well in podcasts because the other thing to think about with podcasts is that they are global. They're not just in the U.S. They're not just in Canada or Australia or the U.K. or anywhere else, right? Somebody can listen to a podcast anywhere in the world. And one of the things that's great about software is in most cases, people can buy software anywhere on the planet. So I love software. Um, and then we also find just a lot of direct-to-consumer type products advertise heavily. Um, financial products are a really big advertiser in the space. Um, and then we kind of go on from there. So, yeah. So that, that makes me think I was, uh, it was just last week. Actually, I was glad this happened right before we had this conversation so I could ask you about it. Uh, he said, I was listening to one of my podcasts. It's an American news podcast today explained by Vox Media. I love them. Uh, they are definitely doing some dynamic ad placements because I got a French language uh, local union ad uh, in, in oh. my play listening to that. And that's so interesting. That happens a lot as a Canadian, uh, actually, is that you get kind of these really localized ads on these really international podcasts. Um, can you talk a little bit just about kind of the mechanism behind that? How did... Um, I use Google Podcasts to listen. How did Google Podcasts know uh, that I am living in French Canada uh, and pro-union? So. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's super fascinating. I had the best um, interview yesterday. I talked with a gentleman in Australia, and mm -hmm. he and I were just talking about how if you are not doing things like this advertiser is doing, then you're really missing opportunities because here you have this global but U.S.-based podcast that you're obviously very loyal to. And while they could have put an ad in there for anyone, they chose to target you because they knew who you were and where you were living. Now, I will caveat that with saying they did not know that you were Megan, right? Like, <laughs> I know. Hey, I've got no smart devices. I've <laughs> I know it gets a little bit creepy, right? So um, they they didn't like the advertisers don't know specifically who we are. But with with dynamic ad insertion technology, we really do have the ability to dive down deeper and to do better targeting. And that's really what is happening when you get served an ad that is so specific to you. And so what dynamic ad insertion technology does is it takes the full catalog of a podcast and then it digitally inserts ads into the podcast based on a variety of different criteria. Um, first, the dates that we want the ad to run. Um, secondly, the number of impressions that we're looking to deliver. Of course, the price that we're going to be paying for this ad. Uh, but then you can also build in things like the demographic profiling and, of course, just targeting specific countries, you know, targeting specific markets. Um, all of those really help to kind of dive down and reach specific people with specific messages. I think that's really what I could Obviously, there's no way to know with this specific ad because it was such a, you know, a singular event. But um, who is typically making that decision about you know, this person or this ad should play like in this region, in this language, uh, you know, on these shows. Is it typically companies who are making that decision or is it a, a service like yours who's kind of managing the, the, the transaction or the placements? How 
What's what's happening on that end? Yeah, it, I mean, it could definitely be a variety of of different um, placements could have happened through different channels. But when we look at announcer read ads as opposed to host read ads. Typically, those announcer red ads are what we would call programmatically inserted into a program. So uh, a host red ad is when you're listening to a podcast and the host of that show advertises a product or a service. And that can be very effective because you already know, like, and trust the host. You hear an ad in their voice and you hopefully are going to be hearing about a product that you like and then may want to go and purchase uh, and a host read ad can be inserted into a, a podcast dynamically with that dynamic ad insertion technology, but it also can be baked into just that audio file for that podcast. Now, when we're talking about those announcer read ads, they do typically tend to be, as I mentioned, programmatically inserted. And so those ads really usually come from some of the very largest advertising agencies out there, and they're going through trade desks to say, hey, we want to reach X number of people in this specific market with these specific targets. And when you hear ads like that, usually the buying party, which is typically a large agency, isn't saying we want to advertise on this particular podcast. They're just saying we want to advertise on any podcast that meet these criteria and so those are, are delivered in that way. And typically, those are going to be priced much lower than a host read ad would be uh, because they aren't specifically going after the host and this specific audience. It's much more of a broad play. Okay, that's really interesting. Well, hats off to whoever from the Nom de Travail. Uh, Nick made that choice. Excellent, excellent work. <laughs> Whoever was involved in that. Well, and I, um, I would say, like, it's so great to hear you talk about that because one of the things that I was discussing with this gentleman from Australia is mm. not only did it make you feel like you were important to that advertiser and were being, you know, marketed a product that you were interested in, but it also really, I think, makes you more endeared to that podcast, right? Because the podcast is caring about you and wants to provide a message for a product that you could actually, you know, purchase potentially, as opposed to advertising a product to you that is only delivered in the U.S. that you wouldn't even be able to buy, right? So I think it really is a win all the way around when we look at ads like that. That That is interesting, yes. I mean, typically, I mean, um, I, you know, as a podcast producer, I have respect for the place of ads uh, in podcasting, definitely. But sometimes as a listener, uh, and especially when, you know, the ads are a little bit overkill, you think, oh, not another one. I was listening to a podcast the other day and it was um, including kind of the, the hook uh, from the host. It was five minutes before we got to the body of the content and three minutes and 20 seconds of those, I clocked it, were programmatic ads. <laughs> so Wow. I was outraged. <laughs> this is a big podcast, too. Yeah. And that, I mean, I think that that's one of the things that's really interesting. Um, I know that Edison Research found that um, really in the past, I believe it was only like 20, low 20 percent of listeners said that there were too many ads in podcasts. And this last year when they did the report, I want to say 38 percent of listeners said that there were too many ad increase. So that's a really big percentage of increase. Now, Anytime I listen to terrestrial radio, I'm like, man, we could sell more ads in podcasts because, boy, they are stacked up. But the goal is not to become terrestrial radio, right? Um, and I do think it's important for podcasters to be conscientious of their audiences and know that the average podcast listener isn't game for three and a half minutes of ads. 
Exactly. And I think the context for that matters, too. I mean, there are other shows that look like and they do have, you know, a two, two and a half minute ad break in the middle of their content. But like, that's the entire funding for their otherwise free show. Right. I, I can get behind that. Yeah. Sure. And it, it's uh, that some people are so clever at getting ads in, uh, especially host reads, um, whether embedded or dynamic, but like the the narratives leading up to them, the cliffhanger right before the ad, uh, catchphrases leading into ads. Are there any really cool like ad transitions or kind of setup for uh, ad placement uh, that you've just been impressed by or interested in? Yeah, thank you for asking that question because I think it's really important. So when we talk about dynamic ad insertion, as a listener, you really should not be able to tell that the ad has been dynamically inserted. It should have a good enough transition that it just feels like part of the program. One of the things um, that I'll start with that I always encourage podcasters not to do is to say something like, okay, we're going to an ad break or here's a word from our sponsors. Uh, Because really, we all know that they might as well just say, please fast forward for the next few minutes because I'm going to be talking about something you probably don't want to hear about, right? And so, um, of course, we never want to, uh, you know, approach ads as though they are not ads. Of course, legally, we want to make sure our audience realizes that they're ads. But I think that it's really important to build transitions into your podcast. And I think that because so many podcasts are conversational, it it can be challenging sometimes to, you know, integrate transitions into your show. And I will say the, you know, the podcast that I have personally, we do not have transitions, but I do think that it makes a really good uh, way to transition into ads. Um, There is a show that I really love called Remarkable People, and their producers do a really amazing job of embedding music into the show. And what I like about it so much is that they put music throughout the show. And typically when the guest is saying something that's very impactful, and then as a listener, sometimes I think, oh, they they must be going to an ad now, but they don't go to an ad. It's just a transition point. And I think that it's so powerful because as a listener, they've educated me to know that, hey, when something impactful is going to be said, I'm going to highlight this with music. And then what they do is when they're going into ad breaks, they do the same kind of thing. So they use the the music to, yeah, it's really, it's a great podcast. I would highly recommend it. And um, the gentleman who produces it, I think, just does a, an outstanding job. But I really do think that music should be and can be used in podcasts to create really powerful transitions. Now that's that's a fun idea. And I, I wonder how much of that was a strategic choice and how much of it just looks super brilliant on outside analysis. Because <laughs> I'm thinking like, I've done something sort of similar with a couple of our shows, but there was absolutely no intent behind right, it. Right. But if that was the impact, but maybe other people are further thinking ahead uh, in that way. I don't know if it was an accident or if it was on purpose, but I really like it. <laughs> There's one I like. I listen to Sawbones. Uh, this is a, a marital tour of misguided medicine. Look how well they've got me. I know their tagline. Uh, but <laughs> so it's all about, you know, healthcare and, and myths and history and hilarious things like that. And they have a, well, this wonderful ad break in the middle and they always start, well, sorry, we can't tell you this really cool thing. We've got to go to the billing department. And I love that they're so honest about it. And they're just like, yeah, we're talking about healthcare. We've got a billing department, which I can't really relate to. But uh, <laughs> yeah, what a great way to do it. I think being so honest about the fact that, yeah, no, this is an ad. You, yeah, you're about to listen to it at yeah. school too. Yeah. Well, and I think that the the thing that always really kind of drew me into podcast advertising from the get-go 
was how creative a host could be with an ad and how entertaining an ad can actually be. And when we can make ads as content and make them something that the listener wants to stay and listen for, to me, that's where the win is and that's where the gold is across the board, right? Because you're not only supporting the podcast with funding, you're supporting the audience with something they actually are interested in listening Mm -hmm. to, and then ultimately you're creating a better return for the advertiser. Well, I love that. I think this really leads into another thing that I wanted to talk about is, I mean, um, you obviously being ready to employ some creativity, having a good understanding of who your audience is. Um, what are some other things that make a podcast commercially attractive to to potential sponsors? Like what are what are advertisers maybe that you work with really looking for in shows in terms of product quality, content, that sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've already hit on several of them. And, and the first one that is always so important is quality, consistent content. Um, you know, even some shows that we've been working with for years, all of a sudden will be like, oh, we're taking a break for two months. And I'm like, you're doing what? <laughs> like, what do you mean you're taking a break for two months? You can't do that. But it's, I do think that it's important to make sure that you're creating consistent content. And the other thing that I love is seasons, right? So if you're someone who's like, I do not want to produce a podcast episode every week for the rest of my life. There's nothing wrong with creating seasons and then being really transparent with your audience that, hey, we're going to do this 10 series season. We're going to be talking about this um, and then move on. Now, that being said, you were definitely going to have peaks and valleys with audiences, right? If you stop creating content for two months, people are not going to listen to your show as much as they will when you're creating content. So I think that's important. But Quality, consistent content, no matter how you want to release your your episodes, just making sure you have a plan is important. And then size really does matter. And I think that that's something that gets under my skin just a bit when I hear, you know, folks in the industry say, oh, it doesn't really matter. Like, you don't really have to have a bigger audience. Like, you know, it's the quality of your audience that's important. And I, I think that we have to be really honest with ourselves about who is actually listening to the podcast and how many of those people are listening. I think also downloads, it's such a a deceiving number because when we look at the downloads, we, you know, like for my show, for instance, where we talk about podcast advertising, I get about a thousand downloads a month, right? Which to me, I'm like, hey, that's pretty cool. Like it's a thousand listener. I mean, it's a thousand downloads, right? But it's not a thousand listeners, right? Like I don't have a thousand different people listening to my podcast every month. And so I think it is really important to make sure that you're clear on your audience size. Um, Now, that being said, it really does matter who you are reaching, right? If you have uh, a podcast where you and your best friend talk about the latest releases at Target, like, you know, that audience is not going to be as attractive to an advertiser as maybe uh, a show that's dedicated to reaching veterinarians, right? Where mm-hmm. maybe you've got a thousand people who are faithful is listening to the show and they're all veterinarians. And so someone who's trying to reach that person is going to be happy to advertise to a thousand people. So you do have to be really clear about who your audience is and how many people are listening and make sure that you've got a decent number. And I usually say about a thousand is where you can start to say, hey, it makes sense for me to look at monetizing this. Um, because if it's less than that, how much value is the advertiser really getting? Um, and when you're looking for representation, so if you're a podcaster and you're wanting another company to sell ads on your podcast, 
typically you're going to need, I would say, north of 10 to 20,000 downloads per month. Um, if you're doing dynamic ad insertion for it really to make sense for you to work with an outside company to place ads. Uh, that's a really good point. It's nice to have that kind of level in mind when you're making this sort of decision because it is, you know, of course, it's it's there's a lot of convenience and expertise that comes with hiring an outside firm. But if your show is smaller, um, you know, it gives you the opportunity to work with people that you know. Um, often something we recommend to shows who do have the eventual goal of, yeah, I'd love to be able to do this. Um, we just build in ad breaks anyway, mm -hmm. and they promote their own stuff so that we've got them all kind of ready to go for if and when that ever comes up. Um, and this, people use those in fun ways, too, to promote charities, to promote events, to talk about other shows that they like. Uh, and it's just elegantly arranges things for the future, which is which is yeah. kind of fun. Kudos to you for doing that. I think that that is the smartest thing. If you want ads in your podcast, start your show with that in mind, because as we were just talking about, you can architect your show around having those breaks. The other thing I think is really important is that when you have breaks in your show, I think that it is really good for the listener to have that, like to have that change, right? Because if you're thinking about, especially if it's an interview-based show, having that change in what's happening on the program can be an opportunity for people to re-engage in the content, you know, retune in like, oh yeah, what's happening here? Um, and then the other thing that I think is important is the audience, when they see you advertising a product, that immediately translates in their minds to this show must be pretty successful if they have products that they're advertising. And one of the recommendations that I make to shows is that they start with affiliate opportunities. Mm -hmm. So if you're somebody that really is thinking that you would want to have advertisers on your show, Going to there's, you know, websites out there where you can sign up to be affiliate partners with companies and then running ads for that affiliate. Number one, no one in your audience realizes that they're not paying for it. Right. And then number two, it gives you the host the opportunity to practice doing ad reads and then to see what kind of response rate you can get from your audience, too. Right. Because, you know, like 100 percent how many people actually went out and bought that product. What a great idea, because I know it's a major struggle to kind of figure out. I know in, in email marketing, it would be like your EPC and your earnings per click or, or you know, your, your conversion rate on a particular email. Mm -hmm. I hadn't actually considered that as a way to get that kind of data for your show with ads. What a great idea. Oh, what that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad that I was able to share that with you. But yeah, I, I think oh, that's a really yeah. good option for for folks that are looking to enter into the ad space. Oh, very cool. Well, kind of on that idea of the ad space, so there are, of course, you know, places within a podcast episode itself. You've got your pre-rolls, you've got your mid-rolls, uh, you've got your your post-rolls sometimes. Um, but, you know, what else can possibly a podcaster that doesn't have the number of downloads to justify uh, ads? Can, like, the, the pot be sweetened with other things, social, um, you know, uh, links and emails? What, what are some of the other packages uh, that could be constructed for sponsors? Yeah, I, I mean, that is such a great question because... I would say, especially in the last year, we've had so much more interested in these more integrated packages. And, you know, if it's something that you haven't talked about on the show, video is like, can't say enough about video as much as I feel a little conflicted because I'm like, are we doing audio here or are we doing video? But advertisers I on that one. <laughs> yeah. if we're, we're on video right now. You could be watching this rather than listening to this at some point in the future. Which breaks my heart because I'm an audio girl. <laughs> I know, I know. I feel the same way. But I also love video because it's just, there are so many great things. 
But so if you have not um, started a video portion, I would highly recommend if you're a podcaster, you think about adding that. Um, but sponsors really do like integration. And so you can create a package where you've got your podcast, where you've got your social posting that you're going to include um, announcements in a video. You could put them on your website. You could put them in your e-newsletter. E um, there's a lot of ways to get a sponsor out in front of your audience. And especially if you feel like your podcast numbers aren't quite big enough, or even if they are big and you've got a big audience in their other platforms too. I mean, wrapping it all together and selling it is a really good way to just, you know, justify charging that advertiser a bit more for the package. And then also, I think ultimately, the advertiser gets a better result because audio is terrific for so many things. But one of the things that is challenging about audio as compared to other forms of advertising is you can't click on an ad in audio yet. Um, you know, at some point, I hope, I know there are some companies working on the ad popping up on your screen while you're listening that you could click through to. But right now, there isn't that technology yet. And so um, it does help advertisers because if someone has heard about you in the podcast um, as an advertiser and then they see you in the newsletter or they see you on social, that can just be another reinforcement that they were interested and, and give the, the listener an opportunity to transact with the advertiser. Okay. My takeaway from this is we need to build really robust, comprehensive, integrated sponsor packages so that no one thinks we want ads flashing up on our phones when we're listening. Because I cannot think of what would make me delete an app faster. <laughs> that started happening. So let's do a better job making the alternatives fantastic. There are there are people working on it right now, and it is something they're working on across player platforms. So it would be associated with the podcast as opposed to the player. So, but that is interesting feedback that you would be very opposed to that. <laughs> oh boy, I did, yeah, I think something about that just hitting me. It was like when um when uh, when Candy Crush advertised with drones in the skyline in New York City, and I'm like, yep, deleted that app off my phone. Nope. <laughs> creepy. Too far. I will say, I do. I use Castbox to play a lot of podcasts, mm -hmm. um, and. I do get very annoyed at them. And especially recently, they have ads that pop up. When you push play, there's an ad that pops up before your podcast will play. And I'm like, go away. <laughs> Are they not paying attention to what we did to like cable TV as user cards? <laughs> I don't know. We said no. <laughs> well, and I think, you know, I mean, getting back to the effectiveness of podcasts, that's what yeah. podcast advertising, that's one of the things that's kind of cool is right now you can't block podcast ads, right? And so... <laughs> Um, there is a lot of value for advertisers in that because we have created so many other mechanisms to block ads. Mm. But that also, I think, really speaks to the point of creating quality ad reads that people actually want to listen to instead of ads that people feel like, oh, my gosh, if I hear this ad one more time, you know. Definitely. And I think, I think there's um, uh, it's getting back to, you know, the transitions and the structure around ads again. Mm -hmm. um, the, the cliffhanger method is so good. I don't know if you listen to Lore by Aaron Mankey. Man, his tee up to ads are so smart. They make me mad every time I hear them because there's like, and I've got this one more really interesting story. You won't even believe what happened to these kids lost in an English moor. And I'll tell you about it in about three minutes. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm sticking around for three minutes. Right, right, right. It's so good. Yes, yes. Those cliffhangers help for sure. But well, Heather, I, I want to be respectful of your time. And thank you so much for, for being so generous with your, your knowledge, your details. I, just, I think have a list of questions I didn't uh, didn't even get to because you had so many interesting things to say. Um, but uh, as a last one, um, 
who do you think just generally should be getting in touch with a company like yours to to arrange their advertising? Uh, and then how how can they do it? Yeah, absolutely. So we are looking for podcasts that have between 30 and 50,000 downloads per month um, or more. And so if you are looking for representation and your podcast falls kind of in those parameters, we would love to chat with you. And you can go to our website, truenativemedia.com. There's a little um, podcast kind of questionnaire that you'd fill out. And that gives us the information we need to get in touch with you. But yes, we are always looking for quality podcasts to represent and fill those shows with the advertisers that we work with. Perfect. Heather, thank you so much. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me on. It's been great. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Megan Doherty, your host on the Business Podcast Blueprint Show, which was created by the entire team at One Stone Creative. If you are thinking about podcasting for your business, then I would like to invite you to subscribe to our twice-monthly newsletter where we are digging into how different businesses are seeing different kinds of success with their podcasts. That's right. We are sending out a case study every two weeks, uh, and it is free for you to subscribe. If you're interested, you can do so at onestonecreative.net slash case dash studies. That's O-N-E stonecreative.net. Can't wait to see you there and on the next episode of the Business Podcast Blueprint Show.